Today, Pastor Ray Bentley has eye-opening insights from the spiritual realm. Demons and Satan himself attack the image of God. Why? Because Satan and his minions hate God, and therefore they attack him through those who bear his image, which are human beings. Men and women filled with the Holy Spirit bring glory to God, and Satan hates this and wants to destroy that image of God. Spread the news of his people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. In some ways, the costume industry has done a disservice to mankind. We see someone dressed in a devil costume and they look mischievous, cantankerous, and generally a bit irritating. But the devil is real and he's not irritating, he's deadly. And today we'll learn to recognize his danger. Luke chapter 8. And this is a radical story. We talked about Jesus on the shores of the Sea of Galilee getting into the boat, going out onto the sea, and a God-appointed divine storm arises. That storm brings out what is in the hearts of the disciples, which is fear, and then saying to the Lord, don't you care about us? We're perishing. The Lord stands up and uh, lovingly reproves and rebukes them and says, where is your faith? As he looks toward the wind and the waves, rebukes them, and nature itself obeys the voice of Jesus Christ. And so I, you know, I I have a word uh, of encouragement to all of you. Nobody, as much as I do, wants to be aware and watching the news and following what's happening. But I, I will say that at this particular time, you might want to diminish your news intake to some extent for several reasons. One, uh, because it's pretty much bad news. And, and then they, you, you get into that cycle where you're, they're repeating the same bad news. And we are made and wired by God that emotionally we tend to fall into wherever our minds are headed and thinking about. And so uh, good for you that tonight you are in church to hear what? The good news. And filling your mind with the good news because it's a word of comfort, it's a word of encouragement, uh, to be strong. And in fact, as we will see tonight, trust me, no matter what storms there may be, or as we'll see, Jesus gets to the other side and lo and behold, there's a demon-possessed man running around wild and crazy. And the Lord shows his power and authority over the fallen angels, over Satan and the devil himself. I want to remind you that Jesus has all power and all authority. We are in him and he in us by faith and we are already victors. We've already got the victory. It's not like we're battling to defeat the devil. The message, the good news is the devil's already defeated. It's done. 2,000 years he has been defeated. He's as defeated as he was the day that Christ rose from the dead. And even before that, when Christ paid for the sins of the world. And so we now have his covering, his shield, his power, and his authority. And uh, it also shows us the lengths to which God will go to deliver and save one man or one woman. And 
I believe that there may be someone that has, in one way or another, been tormented by the supernatural realm. There are, for various reasons, uh, that a door has been opened and the satanic and the demonic and strongholds have entered into your life. And even if it's just one man and or one woman, God will deliver you and he will heal you, he will save you, he will completely, radically undo everything the devil has done and give you more love, more grace, more blessings than you could have ever dreamed or imagined. Amen? Okay. In your notes, I ask a very simple question. Do you believe in the devil? You believe in God? Yes. 95% of Americans still, after everything, say they believe in God. It's important to believe in the right God and certainly the one who has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ. But ironically, while many people, as they say, 95% uh, say they believe in God, it is not 95% who say they believe in the devil. And C.S. Lewis, uh, a, a fantastic and a great writer, which I would recommend to you, any of his books that he has written, The Chronicles of Narnia are good. Another book that is less read, but amazing and fascinating to me is The Great Divorce, he calls it. A great, tremendous insight that this man had. But anyway, here's, here's a little paragraph that is uh, very revealing. I want to start with it. C.S. Lewis wrote, there are two equal and opposite errors which our race, humanity, can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist and a magician with the same delight. That's what, you know, devil, Satan, he, you know, on the one hand, and, and we generally tend toward extremes. On the one, there is no devil. There are a lot of very intellectual, bright people who, for some reason, draw the conclusion that whether or not they believe in God, there is certainly no real or personal devil that evil is kind of a vague thing that is interpreted variously in whatever society and culture and anthropology that you have come from. But they will quite admittedly say, ah, there's, there's no real devil. On the other hand, there are those who not only believe in devils and demons and spirits and spirit guides and, and uh, all kinds of visitations and, and the paranormal and the psychic and they go off into those worlds looking for and trying to find the reason for life and, and can become fascinated with the occult side of life. And there are even Christians who get obsessed with the devil and demons and even demonology and exorcisms and all the rest. Either way, and C.S. Lewis is so right on, either way, either there is no devil or you're totally obsessed with him, they've got you. They have got you right where they want you. The best place to be is, yeah, there's a God. Yes, there's a heaven. Yes, there is a demon uh, called Satan. And there are the other fallen angels who have gone with him. According to the Bible, about one third of the angelic realm went in rebellion with Satan, who God allowed to rebel against him. And Satan said, I want to look how beautiful I am. Look how amazing I am. Ezekiel chapter 28 is a very interesting description. If you've never read Ezekiel 28, it talks about 
the prince that really is, is behind, the prince of Tyre, and who it's really speaking of, is not a human being, but the devil himself. And he, he is filled with, with beauty and apparently glorious and great beauty and musical ability. His voice, uh, it's described as kind of going from the Hebrew into English uh, like a pipe organ. If you've ever been where there's a pipe organ where the, the, the notes are played with the various keys and octaves and vibrates and fills an entire cathedral. So apparently is the melodic voice of Satan, who is from time age uh, used music for his purposes and so forth. Either way, he has you where he wants you. If the devil cannot pull you down with disbelief, he will distract you by being overly obsessed with him. This story confirms from the Bible and from the greatest authority, Jesus himself, the devil is real, demons are real, and human beings tragically and unfortunately can become possessed by them. And we learn from this story, Satan's modus operandi, but we will also see the glory of the Lord and the power of Jesus Christ to deliver us from evil. So look with me in verse 26. We begin this story. It says, and then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes. So we've, the storm has been stilled. Now the disciples are on their way to the other side. And by the way, Jesus gets into this ship, goes to the other side, and essentially this whole taking the boat and going to the other side is to reach one man, which is opposite Galilee. Verse 27, and when he stepped out on land, there met him a certain man. There it is, his whole purpose for going there. When he stepped out on land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes. He was naked, nor did he live in a house, but he lived in the tombs, which would probably have been rock caves up in the mountains. When he saw Jesus, this demon-possessed man, cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him. And he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. This is a telling story. When evil takes possession of a human being. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray has meant to them. Pastor Ray is greatly missed. He was an anointed man of God, and we take comfort in our Lord and Savior as Ray is rejoicing in heaven with Jesus and all the heavenly hosts singing glory to God. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. I think that it is ironic that those who are under demonic control live filthy lives, whether it is physically or morally. Usually it's both. 
Demons are those who have a purpose to, to separate uh, from God. They certainly want to destroy the image of God in human beings. And as we will also see, that's one of the reasons that, that Satan wants to destroy human beings. Why is he so obsessed? Why is the devil obsessed with us? Why are demons obsessed with human beings? One of the reasons is we bear the image of God and Satan hates God. And therefore he wants to destroy the image of God in any way that he can. And demons therefore lead people into drug abuse, pornography, all kinds of immorality, obscenity, filth of their mouths, filth of mind, filth of heart, filth of soul, filth of body, filth all both inside and outside. Here's this poor man who lives in tombs. As I mentioned, they were probably rock-hewn caverns full of dead men's bones. That's where they used to bury the dead. That's where he lived. And then you can imagine the floor that is carpeted with all kinds of filth and vermin. Obviously, as it says here in this passage, this man was tormented. Uh, for it says in verse 29, he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him and he had even been kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles and broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. This man was tormented. That's a sign of demonic activity. And that is certainly the goal of Satan and demons for any human being's life that will give them undue attention. This torment would work itself from the inside of the man to the outside of the man. At certain times, because he is filled with filthy, demonic, fallen spirits, he would cry out, he would howl uh, like an animal. Though he was a man, he would howl like an animal, sometimes just compelled by the inner anguish going on mentally and emotionally. He would howl during the day, he would howl during the night. What was, why? Why did demon-possessed people howl like that? Because they are tormented inside by the demons who are literally ripping and tearing at your mind, your sanity, your emotions, and, and fraying you from the inside out. And when that wouldn't bring relief to howl like an animal, he would take jagged rocks and cut himself all over his body as if he were literally trying to open wounds big enough for the, these foul demons to get out of his body. But he was never able to find relief, never able to find success. He ran around naked, living in delirious state of mind, bleeding with lacerations, full of infection, all kinds of scar tissue. The demons dehumanized him, animalized him, and then had ostracized him from the rest of humanity. Now, that's, that's one picture. But let me also say, and as I put in here to your notes, uh, there, there is the full on where you go after it and open your heart to the devil, demon possession. But there also can be demonic control. Another kind of experience where the Bible talks about doctrines of demons. Here we have the doctrines, and the word doctrine means teaching, the teaching of God. And I, and I wanna say this uh, to remind you of something that's very important. When we talk about the word of God and the law of God, basically what, what God reveals through his word is more than merely right and wrong. There's a lot of people that will say, well, you know, you have this, uh, your beliefs and we have our beliefs and we have to live in it, you know, where everybody gets to decide what is right in their own eyes. 
But there is something that is, that is much higher at stake because morality, and in fact, the, the laws of God are, are more important than merely, it is true that they distinguish between that which is right and wrong. But there's something even deeper than that. The, the Bible says, and God said, that His Word and His ways are the ways of life. And to go against His Word and His laws and His ways is death. So when you think of these things, please understand, it's more important than our morality versus someone else's morality or trying to distinguish what's right and what's wrong and maybe other people don't agree with what we think is right or wrong. The Bible says it is life or it is death. If you go away from the truth of God's word, you are inviting death into a culture, a society, let alone we see this on an individual basis in this poor man's life. But having said that, okay, let's say you're not into the occult, you're not out there asking demon, you know, demonic spirits to come and take possession of your body. But there are doctrines of demons. There are demonic ways of thinking, demonically inspired ways of thinking. One of which is a demon goes to someone who is very smart and very educated and very articulate and very refined and convinces them that he doesn't even exist. Well, they have bought into a demonic belief and a demonic uh, mindset. There's another kind of control that, is, uh, that seems less than possession, but is every bit as dangerous. And there's a scripture that talks about this, the 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 14 and 15. So it's in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. In other words, demon-controlled people can appear to be completely normal. They can seem like, you know, they, they, they dress like other people, they function like other people, they, they may even appear as spiritual leaders. They may, they may look religious, they could have a collar, they could be wearing a robe, uh, they could have a, something spiritual, an aura about them. But when what comes out of their mouth is the doctrine of demons, there is a demon kind of control. And beware of this. Be very, very aware. If they deny God's word, do not be deceived by them. And again, what ultimately happens is that the, the, the demons and Satan himself attack the image of God. Why? Because Satan and his minions hate God, and therefore they attack him through those who bear his image, which are human beings. Men and women who are made in the image of God and are filled with the Holy Spirit bring glory to God. They glorify God when you are filled with the light of the Holy Spirit. And our Creator, we honor Him and we worship Him and we love Him and we bless Him. And Satan hates this and wants to distort and to destroy that image of God. One of the interesting things also about, uh, you know, as we desire, and I talked earlier about filling your mind with the Word and good news. And if you are getting overly affected uh, with anxiety and, and with all that's going on politically, economically, and all the rest, then, you know, turn it off for a season. 
and make sure you're getting the word into your mind and the word into your heart. Let me tell you something else that will happen that when you are you know, filled with the Spirit, there are two things you can do to be filled with the Spirit. One, meditate on the promises of God because God's word is powerful. And the second thing is that when you are filled with the Spirit, when you, if you wanna become a heavenly man and a heavenly woman, one of the best ways to be filled with the Spirit is to sing. Ephesians chapter five talks about singing and making melody within your heart to bring glory and praise and honor to the Lord. If right now I had the ability, if I had a knob up here, and I could just turn up the actual sounds of the spirit world around us and, and that is in heaven right now, guess what the first thing you would notice that you would hear? Singing. When the prophets went into heaven, they heard the praise and the glorifying of God and the singing of praise to him. You come to John in the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, he is overpowered and overwhelmed by this praise and worship and singing. And, and as you begin to sing, you are joining the very vibrations of heaven itself. You will be filled with the spirit of the Lord and the glory of the Lord will come down upon you. How many of you would like to have a taste of heaven? Sing. So uh, here's Satan wanting to destroy this poor man. He's not singing, he is howling. Anything animalizing or degrading to humans is certainly in line with Satan's plan. Whether an attitude, an addiction, a habit, or any kind of mental preoccupation other than the Lord. So here's this poor man. Jesus comes to him and the demon cries out, what have I to do with thee? Now look with me in verse 30. Jesus asked him saying, what is your name? He said, legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now, a herd of many swine, pigs, was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. And, ironically, he, Jesus, permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered into the pigs, or the swine, and then the herd ran violently down the steep place and into the lake and all drowned. And when those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country, and then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also who had seen it told them by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Wow, what a story. Pastor Ray Bentley with a glimpse into the world of our spiritual adversary today. And he'll have more as this study continues here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Getting Rid of the Devil. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. 
In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.